what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. Got a question for you today. Are you ready? What is flowing out of you? What is flowing out of you? There's a a quote, uh, a mantra, a catchphrase that I use. It's the main heading or title of a lot of my books, and it's God's Vibes Matter. To me, that's a personal call to order. It's a self-check and it's a reminder to think about what I'm thinking about, to check my emotions and my feelings and what literally is bubbling up on the inside of me, to evaluate what I'm storing up in my heart. And also, yes, what I'm exposing myself to or how I'm showing up in the world, all of those things. So as I constantly do that, It reminds me and it really helps me steward aligning with God, right? Apart from that awareness, apart from practicing that every day, you know, we we don't really get to get better at things unless we're focusing on them, unless we're measuring them, unless we're making adjustments, unless we, you know, make mistakes and have to pivot. We've got to learn and a lot of that learning is experiential education. So God's Vibes Matter is personally how I really start to recognize and understand God in all I think, say, and do in order to really align with that and make sure that the right things are flowing out of me. It's my personal accountability plan, if you will. So today we're going to talk about that. I don't know what you think of immediately when you think about what's flowing out of you, but I know for me personally, there was different times and there have been, and sometimes this could be days, but there's definitely been different times and seasons where I was not... It didn't feel like I could control what was flowing out of me. I didn't have a a strong level of awareness of what was happening on the inside of me. Um, There's other seasons where, you know, I was hyper aware of that and I didn't like it and I was motivated to change different things in my life. So no matter where you are, this is always an important thing to evaluate because a lot of times if we're real, if we're keeping it real here, we look how others, we look at how other people are showing up and how they need to make adjustments. And if they would just do this, then we would feel this kind of way, right? We look for other people to change when we need to remember that we need to be the change. Ultimately, we can't change or adjust too much on the outside of us. We always have to start within. And a lot of times it's our mind (laughs) and our thoughts and our beliefs that need to change. Or It's how we manage our emotions or process emotions so that we're not just reacting to everything that happens in life. Or it's just different daily life habits that we practice so that we can keep some balance and that we don't get 
overwhelmed or too busy or too distracted, right? Which prevents the best aspects of us from flowing out of us, right? Really, really important. And then guarding our hearts too, to make sure that, you know, when you're traumatized, for example, the best you doesn't show up, right? And traumatized parts of you start showing up and that can create a lot of unhealthy dynamics. So let's tie this to the word and then give you some practical things for you to think about in your own life. So one of the things that I love, just to get this started, I grew up in the country and I just want you to picture this. We actually had, we had this towpath. It was a trail that was behind our house. We had this like awesome sledding hill and then there was a towpath and we would walk this towpath frequently, right? And at the end on one side, well, it's not really the end, but (laughs) at one little, what we made the end, there was a well and it was an old well. It was red and you could actually pump it and bring water out. Super neat, right? But just picture that. So picture an old school well, right, where you actually have to draw water out of it. Okay, if it's impure, if there's gross things in there, that's exactly what you're going to pull out of that well, right? And then if it's fresh and pure and clean, that's what you'll pull out of it as well. So the scripture says, this is John 7, 38, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So cool, right? Another version says out of his heart will flow Uh, rivers of living water. Um, Out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Okay, so basically out of you, from your innermost being, right? If you're believing in God, right? Then that will flow out of you. Rivers of living water. Basically, another way to say that is you will bring life, not only out of you, right? You'll bring life out of you, but you'll also pour that into people around you. Okay, so instead of expecting other people to pour life into you, what would happen if you started to make sure that you were actually full of life yourself and just started pouring that into other people? Interesting challenge, okay? Another one that I really use as a a foundation scripture, this is Philippians, let me get back to it here. Dun, dun, dun. This is Philippians 3, 10 to 11 says this, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death in the hope, right? That if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while I'm in the body. Holy Moses, like this... (laughs) This right here, so, so powerful. But Apostle Paul, right, my my mentor in the word here, he's saying his determined purpose, right? He is setting himself. He's purposing himself to show up some kind of way, right? His purpose is that he may know God and progressively become more intimately acquainted with him, spending time with God, getting to know God's thoughts, getting to know God's heart, getting to know God's principles, getting to know his purposes, getting to know how he's leading, what he's up to, right? 
and perceiving and recognizing the wonders of who he is because we become what we focus on. So if we focus on his image and likeness, that is also what we grow in becoming as well, right? And that in the same way, he can know the power of the resurrection and the power that he can walk in, right? That's available to every believer and you can live a life of constant transformation. You don't have to be stuck is what I love about this, right? So that one is so, so powerful. Wanted to hold that up for you guys. And another one is Isaiah 40, 31. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So I want to use this as a transition verse because a lot of times in the world, what the enemy wants to do is just throw stuff on us. He wants us to look like just an unbeliever, right? The ungodly, right? Or just like the world, okay? And I'll break that down in a second. But what it's implying here in Isaiah, if you think about an eagle, they have this innate and powerful ability to fly up above a storm, okay? So they can fly above circumstances. They can fly above situations and they can see things from a different perspective and they can basically move unfazed right? And that is what we're able to do. If we put our hope in the Lord, if we put our trust in the Lord, if we submit to the Lord, if we wait on the Lord, if we surrender to the Lord, we're able to soar like that in the midst of whatever we're facing, right? And we face so much on a daily basis, but it's a matter of where we put our focus, like the Apostle Paul. His purpose is to know God even now. Even in this, my purpose is to know God. Even now, According to Isaiah, I'm going to hope in the Lord and I'm going to soar over this. I'm going to be strengthened as I hope in the Lord. He's going to give me a strategy. He's going to give me revelation. I'm going to stand on a word for this situation, but I'm going to be able to soar through this, right? (laughs) So, so powerful. Then there is another one. This is Romans 8, 37, 39. Okay, and these are all connected. Hopefully you can hear that. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors, and he has demonstrated love in our glorious victory over everything. So now I live with confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus. Oh my God. (laughs) Right? So where does your strength come from that, right? In the midst of all that we face, right? We are more than conquerors. That's what this said. God made us that way. It's not even a question, right? And he's demonstrated his love, right? And that we're victorious over everything, especially when it doesn't look like it. And God shows up strong. His power shows up strong in our weakness, okay? Now... (laughs) When it comes to strategy, and I'm going to tie this all together in a second, Matthew 7, 13 says this, Enter in the straight gate, 
for the wide gate, the broad way leads to destruction, and many there be which go that way, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to life, and there be few that find it. So essentially, God, right? God is life. God's ways are life, right? God's likeness is life, but not many, not many choose that path, okay? So broad and wide is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to life. And we get to choose what that looks like. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's crazy, right? So let me tie this together. So something that I find interesting, when I went to grad school for film production, we had to do a thesis film, which is just wild in hindsight, because you had to spend tons of money to make a 15-minute movie at the end of the day, and that took around two years to do, okay? Which is insane for 15 minutes, right? The amount of energy that goes into that. So think about that when you think about a production. A two-hour movie takes a lot of time to actually execute, right, from everything, from reading a script for approval, let alone writing the script, to getting the actors, to going into production, getting permits, to shooting it, to editing it, to releasing it. It is a process. At any rate, my thesis film was called The Cauldron. <laughs> I think I still have bits and pieces of that somewhere. Um, but this was essentially part of the premise was about a character who had all of this uneasiness, all of this unrest coming to a culmination, a crescendo, if you will. All of this stuff on the inside of her bubbling up, okay, was the cauldron. And so in this movie, you could see almost like memories or imaginations. You could see this projected as literally scenes, right? So essentially, though, think about that. We have bubbling up on the inside of us, right? these vain imaginations. We could have logic and reasoning. We could have bad attitudes. We could have moodiness and mood shifts and mood swings. We could have unresolved issues stored up in our heart. We can have unforgiveness. We can have bitterness. We can have resentment. We can have judgment and criticism. We can have fear and anxiety and depression and uh, so many things literally bubbling up inside of us. There's stories that we tell ourselves. There's experiences that we've had. And sometimes it's not even the experiences that we've had, but the meaning that we attach to those that's really not God's perspective and it's really not sitting with us well, right? But all of that, here's the thing. If you think that you're just smiling, right, and just grinning your way through life, but you still have all of that on the inside of you, it inevitably will come out of you. There's no fake smile that will hide that. You know, and a lot of people, if you ask them, how are you? They're like, I'm great, blessed in the Lord highly favored and I'm like I feel you right like I feel like what's flowing out of you and it's not what you're saying right so it is important to evaluate literally like a bubbling cauldron what is on the inside of you okay now in another way if it's not yucky negative stuff then what is it so I want to give you examples though of like what are some things that are bubbling out of the inside of us that maybe we're not thinking are bad necessarily because sometimes and what we don't want to admit is that we can get to this place where we've gotten comfortable with compromise or with sin or with you know avoiding disobedience really avoiding what god has told us to do 
uh, we can get to that place where we actually think that that's normal and that it's totally okay. And we talk ourselves into doing things that we used to have conviction about. We used to have that gentle nudge from the Holy Spirit or maybe an intuition being like, "Mm, I shouldn't do that or, oh, I should go fix that or, oh, whatever it is, right? Something as simple as like putting a shopping cart back in its place so it doesn't ding somebody else's car, right? Or not littering or whatever it might be, holding yourself to a standard, right? To, to morals and standards and principles of God, right? Godliness. What does that look like bubbling out of you, okay? So some of the opposites when you think of negative things or heavy things or uh, displeasing things that could be flowing out of you, what does that mean? So they could be worldly passions. So it could be worldly affections that we have or Uh, really just ways that we process and make decisions that are in alignment with the world system, but not God's kingdom, okay? Um, There could be different characteristics of us that are ungodly, okay? So it could be grumbling, complaining, fear, like constantly being driven by fear. It could be uh, complaining just about every circumstances in life or gossiping or, or making drama over something that's not even worth the airtime is what I like to say. It's not even worth your energy, yet you're giving all of this energy to it. You're talking about it. You're calling a friend. You're talking to them on it and projecting that onto them, right? And it can just get super, super messy. Fault finding, right? We we tend to just find fault in other people, especially if we're doing that with ourselves. We tend to have that same behavior when we encounter other people. And not always, right? We're not going to say that to their face, but we could be thinking that all the time. So that could be some characteristics. We could have really bad attitudes. We could have laziness or procrastination. We could, you know, be at a job and like be cheating out of that in a sense of just being online all day or being on social media all day or looking up things to to better yourself rather than serving the the place that God brought you to, right? And blessed you to have. So there, there could be things that we've made okay. Well, this person's doing it, so that's okay for me. Or this person did that, so I I mean, it's not a big deal. I can do that too, right? It could even be cursing and swearing or sometimes the type of music that you listen to, okay? So there's different things that could be happening that literally what you're exposing yourself to is now what you are starting to show up as, okay? That's now what's bubbling out of you, okay? So think about that. I'm trying to think if there's any other examples that would be helpful here. Well, I can give you like some of my own. So... Some of my own, I've really seen that I can get frustrated or impatient, right? Like if I see something, so part of being a visionary, I can really see things into the future, which is a beautiful thing. It's part of God. It's part of, you know, the creator. We're all creative. We can all be visionary, right? We can all see, right? We can have an anointed imagination. However, our imagination isn't always anointed. How many of you know there could be a difference between fantasy and faith? So for example, if there's just a desire that you want and that you think that you should have, right? And it's not what God told you (laughs) and it's not going to glorify God, that's very likely that it might be a fantasy that you're just asking God to bless, okay? And it doesn't, God won't bless your faith on a fantasy. That's not how it works, right? So it's really important to be able to submit, for example, all of our desires to God, okay? 
so that and also ask him to anoint your imagination to really partner with what he wants to do and so that you can glorify him in whatever you're doing or whatever you're called to. So there's been times where I can see something that I really, really want to have happen or, oh, it's going to be perfect if it goes this way. But if it doesn't go this way, then that's not going to be fun. And what does that mean? And it might take time to figure out. So there could be frustration that bubbles up in me. There could be impatience that bubbles up in me. There could be an obsession with like reasoning and logic and figuring out in my own understanding if I'm not careful, right? Because if you mix creativity and vision with a high achieving uh, driven person, (laughs) you will get results, right? Like things will get done, okay? But it doesn't mean that God is on that or that God is in that. And that's an important and sometimes subtle difference, okay? So for me, it can be those things. Sometimes um, it can be really, I'm trying to find the best word. It's not like disappointment, like getting disappointed, right? Instead of hoping and trusting in the Lord, right? Like if it didn't happen this way, rather than trusting that God has perfect timing, that what is mine is mine, that what's for me is for me, right? That the doors that are supposed to open will open. Like whatever that might be, when you're expecting and hoping in something or someone rather than God, disappointment is potentially the outcome there, right? Those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. It doesn't say those who hope in people or those who hope in situations or circumstances will not, but those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. So those are some examples. I'll have to check with myself like, ooh, again, like I'm drifting. Like the wrong things are bubbling out of me. If I have like an attitude that I'm catching in myself or a mood coming up or if I'm not thinking clearly, if I have foggy thinking or if I'm drifting into this is impossible kind of thoughts or if there's resistance in any kind of way, I'm like, ooh, is this what God thinks about this? What does God's word say about this? How am I going to really align with the spirit of God on this, right? And the word excuse me, the word of God is the best weapon against the enemy. So whatever the enemy is trying to do. So for example, depending on what's coming out of you, that's how you know what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to instill fear in you. He's trying to get you distracted by logic and reasoning and what you can figure it out on your own. Because if you can do it on your own, then you don't need God, right? That's what the enemy wants you to believe. Or why do you need to spend time with God? You don't need to be close to God. You don't need him revealing his mysteries to you. You don't need divine strategies. You don't need his strength and power, right? He wants to literally zap you of any power, energy, influence, goodness that you have. Because you partner with God, change your flow you radically transform what is flowing out of you. So it's mind-blowing to me to think about not having a relationship with God now, okay? And that it took me my whole life to even stumble upon God, really, right? And I think about my very beginning of my relationship with God, the very beginning of the relationship, I was not in religion, but I was trying to figure out how we're supposed to do this, right? Like, okay, we buy a Bible, we read it, we maybe journal, maybe write down a prayer, make some prayer points. I don't know. Do we pray out loud? Like, how does this thing work, right? 
So I was just doing what I thought you're supposed to do or what we're obligated to do, or this is what a good believer does, right? Like, cause I don't know, right? So I was quite surprised, but my inner desire, what I really wanted is to find out if I could hear God for myself and be led by God myself and make sure that God is real, right? Like I had big desires to get answers on those things. So that started happening to me though. And I started to recognize a shift where it was hard to wake up, right? Super early in the morning. It was hard. That was not something that I wanted to do. I felt tired. immediately when I started reading the word and I didn't feel like I would get anything. So my expectation was somewhat low. I felt like it was going to be a waste of time and that it wasn't going to help me in any kind of way. Like there were so many excuses that started coming up to me. But then I started noticing a shift from feeling obligated to being devoted and dedicated. Like I started waking up looking forward to that time. I loved it. Like, I literally was like, I'm going to sit here. God is going to speak to me. He's going to teach me something new. I'm going to get a prayer point for today. I'm going to get a breakthrough. Something's going to shift. He's going to give me wisdom about how to uh, approach this situation or what to be aware of or how to intercede. I it just started to love that time to the point where I would sit there in the same spot for at least two hours, right? And I loved it. Like, I didn't even want to get up out of that space and then go to work, right? Like, I wanted to stay there. And this was profound for me, right? The person that couldn't really be alone, be still for that long, (laughs) right? I did not see that coming. So what I use that as now, since I know that that's possible and I know that joy and I know the transformation and the deliverance and so many beautiful things that came out of that, That's what I go back to, whether I do it through prayer and fasting, whether I level up my quiet time when the world is getting louder in my life, I know I go back to that. I go back to making that my priority, right? Going back to, as they say, your first love and giving that utmost priority of my life, right? So seeking the kingdom first and all the other things will be added unto you. I have such a habit of seeking all the things that I want added to me So I need to seek God first so that that stuff can come into alignment or come into divine order, right? Because if I get out ahead of God, we're in, we're in trouble, right? So hopefully that helps somebody, but think about this. When you're spending time with God, the fruit of the spirit will flow out of you. Love, joy, meekness, kindness, gentleness, patience, self-control, forbearance, long suffering. This kind of stuff will flow out of you and people are going to look at you different. They'll be like, who are you? Like, how are you so kind? How are you so joyful in the midst of this circumstance, right? That's God. That is the God flowing out of you. That is God's vibes matter flowing all the way out of you, right? Goodness flowing out of you. Mercy, right? A person could have really, really hurt you or fully expected you to lash out or have some crazy reaction. And when you don't, and you actually extend mercy from a pure place, like, what is that? That's godliness, okay? And faith and discipline and passion, right? Just actually having a spirit of excellence on everything in in your life that you do. It could even be the smallest thing, like doing errands at the grocery store or a work task that you genuinely don't necessarily enjoy. You even do the simplest thing with excellence, right? I mean, I'm thinking even back to my very first job in, in, in retail 
in, in fast food, right? These jobs, you don't see everybody on the job showing up with excellence, having a good attitude, really caring about their appearance, being super kind, making eye contact with you, you know, scrubbing toilets with a good attitude. Like you don't see that, <laughs> right? But those little things, I am willing to bet that I have more responsibility and, and favor and blessing in my life because of how I show up in the things that I don't think anybody else is noticing. God is noticing. He's noticing your heart. He's noticing the excellence. He's noticing your effort. He's noticing your faithfulness, right? The word says, do everything is unto the Lord. God is in everything. Not everybody is going to be a famous public figure and a huge influencer, right? But everyone is someone to God. And that is something to really let hit your spirit. So think about this, right? If you are a well and people are literally pumping water out of you, right? Pumping something out of you. What are they going to get? What do people get when they encounter you? What flows out of you? Literally, people can feel your thoughts. There's an energy to it. That's why I call it a vibe. People can feel your emotion. When you say you're okay, but you're really not, people can feel that. People can feel if you've got something funky going on in your heart, if there's a heaviness there. People can feel that, particularly if they're emotionally intelligent. But if they are walking with God, God can give us that kind of awareness also, okay? So think about that for you. No matter what area that you're in, what is flowing out of you? Is it God? Is it reflecting God and his glory and his goodness, right? Because you are his ministry. You are his ambassador. You are his hands and feet in the world. It's important to know, is he what is flowing out of you? And if he's not, how can he flow out of you if you're not seeking him first? If you're not like the Apostle Paul, setting your purpose to know him and grow in relationship and intimacy with him, right? It's one thing to read a verse a day, to watch a sermon, to pay your tithe. That is a level, right? But that's not relationship, okay? And that's not necessarily lasting. If it's not gonna transform you, Think about that. I'm about the transformation. I got some attitudes that need to change. I need. I got some thoughts that need to change. I got some beliefs that need to change. I got some stuff in my heart that needs to change if I really want to truly influence the people around me for God's glory, right? And if I want to shower them with his goodness. It's not me, right? Apart from God, I am nothing. Apart from God, I can do no good thing. So who am I partnering with? What am I actually... Rather than looking, we do this all the time. It's so human. We're looking outside of ourselves for things that need to change when it's us. It's us, right? What if the circumstance never changed? What if the person never changed? What will you do? How will you change? How will you think? How will you speak? How will you behave? What will you prioritize? What will you focus on? What will you believe? What will you think? What will you project in your mind? How will you use your imagination? We have so much power that we give over to the enemy every day. And you can investigate it by checking out what is flowing out of you. That will give you feedback, right? It has a scent. It has a weight. There's things that you can pick up from it, right? There's an atmosphere. There's a feeling that it brings, right? So think about this. This is the homework. Number one, evaluate what is flowing out of you, whether that's just thinking through the past few days, thinking through today, <laughs> evaluate what is flowing out of you. Is it fear? Is it bad moods, bad attitudes, negativity, gossip, 
right? Or is it excellence, goodness, creativity, faith, belief, focus, discipline, self-control, right? Leadership. What is flowing out of you? That's number one. Number two, what do you want to flow out of you? What do you want to flow out of you? You know, I really invested in coaching in the very, very beginning of my life because I needed it. <laughs> I didn't have a career path, career path, career path tied to that. I didn't know the full vision of what God had in mind, but I went after it because there were so many tools and skills that I needed to be a better communicator, to have tools to work on my insides and my inner game, my inner life, to evaluate what's going on there practically and do something about it. Not just sit in it, but do something about it, right? Because I can't change what happened in the past. I can't necessarily change how I feel, but if I can understand what's happening and be progressive and transform that energy into something God can use, we're on to something, right? So this question about what you actually want to flow out of you, that could be what gives you your next strategy or your next steps, okay? So if you want more of God to flow out of you, do you have a Bible? Are you reading it? Are you taking notes? Have, have you prayed? Do you have a prayer partner? Somebody that could pray with you? Do you have an accountability partner? Somebody that can walk with you in your spiritual life, right? Do you have, if you want to really clean up your thoughts and your attitudes, your beliefs, are you working with a therapist, right? Is there a program that you can invest in? Something that can stretch yourself? Something that you can learn? Are you reading any books, right? If you really want to to step into the new thing that God has put on your heart, are you working with a coach? Do you have a strategist? What are you doing, right? To, to, to move that vision that God gave you forward because that's stewardship, right? He didn't give it to you just for you to sit on it. What's the plan that he gave you for that? What's the vision that he gave you for that? Because he's given you faith for it too, <laughs> right? So those are the questions. What's currently flowing out of you? Check that out. Evaluate relationships, work, whatever your thoughts are. Evaluate what's flowing out of you, okay? So your thoughts, what you're speaking, your mood, your attitude, whatever's in your heart, what you meditate on day and night, what is flowing out of you. Two, what do you want to flow out of you? What do you want to flow out of you? Make a brain dump. Brain dump a list of all the things that you do actually want to flow out of you. A great way to figure this out is people that you admire, people that you inspire you, people that you like to follow. What do they embody? What do they represent, right? How do they carry themselves? A lot of times we, we celebrate in others what we're not necessarily seeing in ourselves, okay? So write down a list of all the things that you do want to see flowing out of you. And then number three pray <laughs> and ask God to reveal the strategy and for what he wants to do, how he can start doing a work in you. So what I like to do for this too, I like to repent for what God's highlighted in me. I repent for my bad attitude. I repent for getting upset when this didn't play out the way I thought it should. I repent for you know, bringing bad energy into that conversation. I repent, right? Whatever it is and clear the atmosphere and then pray, God, I pray that you help me to, to wear your excellence, right? Everywhere I go. I pray that you help me to think with the mind of Christ and give me this passion for your word and help me to meditate on it day and night so that I can have it and I can utilize it whenever the enemy is trying to strike, right? Thank you, God, for reminding me that I'm victorious in you that I'm empowered, right? And it being empowered is transformational, right? 
So I just want to encourage you with this and I just bless you with the transformation that you desire, the shift that you desire. You're not stuck. You're more than a conqueror in Jesus name. All right, guys, here is the deal. There's so many new and exciting things coming. And the best way to stay up to date on that, yes, here on the Spirit Filled Real Talk podcast. So if you have not subscribed, this is your opportunity to do so. Don't hesitate. Don't say you're going to do it later. Do it now. Show some love. Give me some stars. Write a comment. Priest will love you. And the other thing, visit julianapage.com. There's the God's Vibes Mastermind. There's VIP coaching. There's books, and there's many other exciting things over at julianapage.com. And all of the details, the way I update people, the way I bring joy to their inbox is literally through my weekly emails, okay? So this is something that I only do kind of for the insider. So if you want to be a part of that, you can visit julianapage.com. There's free trainings over there as well. So you can check that out, and I will talk to you then. Basically, you'll hear from me soon. All right, guys, until next time, stay blessed. 